time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart the director of fun and i'll be here entertaining you on this friday afternoon thank you for tuning into fox sports 920 the jersey it's been a long time but after 55 weeks major championship golf is back congratulations to the leaders of my association the pga of america for pulling together showing tremendous decision-making acumen and bringing the very best in the world all together for our first major of 2020. In fact, one of these players who's there this week out there on the left coast is about to join us live. And folks, you know, there were times when we all had doubts whether or not this event would even happen. But I'm opening the show this week with a San Francisco band and a very important message for everyone. Just don't stop believing. We have a very special treat this week for a major championship-worthy show. I am joined by local PGA professional Jason Karen. He's the head professional out at the Mill River Club in nearby Oyster Bay, New York. Jason, you're out there in San Francisco getting ready. How are things going? How's your week going? No, it's going fantastic. It's uh, it's quite a golf course. We're playing out here at Harding Park, and um, the weather is going to be a big factor. It's, it's, it's interesting. We're staying down by the airport and it's perfectly sunny. And then when you get out to the golf course, it's misty and foggy and winds blowing. So I think that's going to be a huge factor. The rough's up, but uh, the golf course is stout. It's got some, uh, it's got some length. The rough's uh, got some nastiness to it too. So it's going to be a challenge. Well, I know the guys earlier in the week during their interviews, they're talking about the marine layer. We could see them wearing layers of clothes. Uh, it says it's only 7,200 yards, but um, it's going to play a little longer than that for a par 70, isn't it? Yeah, for real. Um, you know, again, the, the weather being, again, it's only like 65 degrees, let's say, max um, for temperature, especially with the mist and stuff. So it's definitely going to play longer. Um, and, and if you get it in the rough, it's going to be really long. So, but it's interesting. Like we played today with Danny Willett, um, who won the masters a few years ago and he's banging it out there around 305 yards. It seems like every shot. So it seems like the golf course plays a little bit shorter for them, uh, compared to, you know, I played with Danny Balin every day out here and, you know, we're not the longest guys. Um, but. Um, you know, we just have to get the ball in play and, and get in that fairway and hopefully hit some shots on the greens and make a few putts. Well, you know, since I knew we were going to get to talk today, I started to look at who you would be playing with and who you'd be playing around when you're out on the golf course. And you talked about being long and it seems like you're in the afternoon wave with Bryson. So you get to see the Bryson show, at least on the range for a couple minutes. Has he caught your eye? Have you seen him yet? Um, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, we, we did see him. We didn't get to see him hit any shots yet, though. So I will definitely check him out because that's one of the guys I definitely wanted to see um, just to see the difference the game has changed since I've played um, back in my day. You know, the guy's supposed to be banging it out there like 330 or something. So it should be interesting to see how that goes. 
Um, but, you know, again, I know most of these guys definitely hit it a little longer than we do. I mean, we're, we're working guys. We don't get to play golf every day, swing the clubs, as you know. So it's a little different when your body's not moving like these guys are doing every single day. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for us is uh, not think about the length, but think about where we got to place it in the, in the fairway and hopefully hit good, you know, some good golf shots. Well, there's no doubt that Kerry Haig is going to put together a great, you know, competition and a challenge for everybody and try to make it as fair as possible. And the best ball striker that week will certainly win. And, and somebody who rolls in a couple of putts. And speaking of rolling in a couple of putts, the guys you're playing with in the first two rounds, Doc Redman and Brendan Todd. Brendan Todd's had quite a year so far. So you might be able to pick up a couple things from that guy. I think he made like 400 feet of putts last week at the TPC Southwind. So should be pretty exciting to join those two guys. But you mentioned about being a working guy, and she couldn't join us this afternoon here on Fox Sports, but your wife, Liz Janangelo Karen, is also quite an accomplished player and helps you run the Mill River Club. So I, I get curious about these things because we wear a lot of hats in our jobs, and you guys have a tremendous story. I think since you've been at the Mill River Club, the two of you have played in like four different major championships, a couple for you, a couple for Liz. What's it like being married to a world-class player and running a golf operation like a normal PGA professional. Yeah. You know, when I met Liz, um, you know, I remember we went out and played the first time and when I got done, I'm like, who in the heck is this girl? I really have no idea. Um, I knew her name kind of, kind of like made sense. like, Jane Angel, I kind of could re remember because she's a you know New Englander. So I was like, hmm, I got to look her up. And when I started looking her up, I'm like, wow. I mean, she was quite a player in her day, especially early on in her life. I mean, by at 13, I think she was winning Connecticut State Opens and amateurs and all sorts of crazy stuff. So she's a phenomenal player. And to this day, like she's she's so talented that although she doesn't play much anymore, you know, you watch her just grab a club and swing, and it's just like. It's amazing how good she can swing the club. So for her to play when we first got the job and two majors back-to-back, -back, in fact, she was pregnant for the second one. It, it's, it's pretty amazing the way she can actually hit a golf ball, control her mind, and play at that level still at this, you know, when she really doesn't practice at all. Um, and then for me, obviously, you know, I had a good week in Bluffton last year for the club pro. Uh, which which was phenomenal because, you know, we live right next to Beth Page Black, so we're only 20 minutes away. So was that, you know, to play in a major in your basically your hometown, let's call it, uh, to have the membership behind you. I got, you know, my, my oldest, Caroline, got to come out and watch me. Those are some of the things I'll never forget. So that was huge. And then this year, obviously, it's been a challenging year for everybody. And to, to be able to be in that top 20 on the points, which, to be honest, I didn't even know I was top 20 until they mentioned it. And I was 19th. So I was very fortunate to get in this week. But, you know, running the golf shop, like you said, as you know, it's like you do. You have, you have to turn your hat, you know, around, keep spinning around on your head because you have so many different things going on. And to be honest, I think when I get in tournaments in our net section, I kind of just go off instincts. I kind of go on a feel, you know, maybe I hit some balls or I, I did play with some members and what I was working on. And I think that deep down, I know that if I can just get a little bit of confidence going, I, my game can kind of continue to play at a decent level, especially in our section to compete out here. Obviously I think you need more reps, but 
you know, we'll see what happens this week. Last year, I had a nice first round at, at Beth Page. I shot even par, and I was, like, tied for 20th or something. So, you know, the, it's still in there. The game is in there. It's just trying to pull it out. Well, I tell you, you know, I remember that story. I was out at Beth Page. We were doing a little Fox Sports radio coverage on Friday afternoon, and there was a lot of talk about the local pro who had shot even par the day before. And, you know, it's just tremendous. It's funny to hear you talk about Liz's playing career. Here's a guy that's played in, played on the PGA Tour, Corn Ferry, you know, very experienced player. You're playing in your second PGA championship in a row, shot even par last year at Beth Page. And you speak about your wife's game with such reverence. I mean, it, it's really, you know, I, I have a beautiful wife at home named Lori, you know, and when I talk about the different things that she does, you know, as a husband and a partner, it, it's just, it's kind of a, to me, it's kind of a cool story. I mean, Liz, no doubt. I mean, she was like four-time All-American at Duke, a couple national championships. I think she won a couple Symmetra Tour events. So big shout out to her because I'm sure she's holding the fort down while you are out there on the left coast getting ready to compete and uh, play at TPC uh, Harding Park there. So you guys are both so successful. One thing successful people always do is they set goals. Now, since the pandemic and things kind of everyone's world got turned upside down, you know, things have changed. But when you go look back at January, when you started 2020, what were some of the goals that you set for yourself for playing and competing and, you know, also in life for 2020? You know, I think that um, when I first, when we first talked about going to Florida in February, I was hoping to play in some of the PGA winter events down there just to kind of see where my game was, because that, that is your goal. My goal is to qualify for this event and I need to finish top 20 at the club pro. So for me to get down there and to play well on a course that we played the PGA cup on. So I kind of had a little experience. So maybe I had a little advantage um, over most of the field. Um, I felt like if I could find out how my game was in February, I'd be in pretty good shape when I got home, although the weather stinks and the greens aren't going to be fast and good. I can still work on my game, find the areas I need to work on early and hopefully it'll be there for when we play in April. Then all of a sudden COVID hit. So things got kind of turned around. And, you know, when I got home, it was like everything got shut down right away. I think only worked for two and a half days and we got shut down. Um, then it was, are we even going to be going? Then it was, it was pushed out. And then from there, obviously it got canceled. So, you know, it's, um, you know, my goal every year is to play just there, you know, obviously to play in the club pro, then play in the PGA. And then in our section, in the Mets section, we have such a, such a, um, so many great players in our section that we pride ourselves if we get in at, uh, at the end of the year, if we can get in this one event, um, which is huge for us. It's like the, the top point getters in the uh, Long Island section, you know, guys against the Westchester guys. If you qualify for that event, you know you've had a pretty decent season. So that's always another goal of mine um, to play in that event. I like that. You have, you have local goals, you have regional goals, and you have national goals. And, you know, there's no doubt that you're a national caliber player. And, folks, if you're just joining us, I'm on the line with Jason Karen. Jason's out in San Francisco right now getting ready to compete in the PGA Championship. He is the golf professional out at the Mill River Club out in Oyster Bay, New York. Now, speaking of the Mill River Club, is there anything special that the membership does to kind of send you off before you go? 
yeah, it, it, you know, this year it's been tough, especially with the COVID stuff. So, yeah, there was no party. There's a nice email that goes out to the members that lets them know that I'm playing and to look for me, uh, hopefully on some telecasts. And ESPN has been really cool this year where, you know, the PJ of America did some filming at, with me at the club for like a half a day. So we, we told everybody that, you know, this stuff may be on ESPN this week. So be on the lookout for it. Last year when I played at Beth Days, it was a little different. You know, there was some emails that out that said, hey, look, Jason's going to be wearing this clothes. You can find it in the golf shop. Come maybe look like Jason when he's out playing. So it was, it was kind of cool. I, I can't thank Mill River enough for what they've done for Liz and I and our family. Uh, especially the support, like you just said, in the four majors that we have played in the last six years. It's been pretty cool. I, I love that. A, a little uh, Team Karen uniform out there at the major championship. So, you know, thinking about that, playing in major championships, um, th- these types of events, a lot of people, especially my listeners who are amateur golfers, that they don't get to experience these things. Is there anything that when you go play in a PGA championship or a national club pro um, that you pick up and then you bring back to the club as kind of a best practice to kind of give maybe the club championship at Mill River, sort of a major championship feel. Is there anything you kind of ever picked up? I'm always curious about this when the 20 club pros go to the PGA championship, if they ever bring anything back with them and then try it at home in order to try to impress their members and their golfers. Yeah, you know, some of the some of the fine details that we do at Mill River, I have a great first assistant, Dan Spazzato, that you know, we're always thinking kind of outside the box. So whether it becomes, um, you know, for most of our board events, it's, you know, doing a pin sheet, some of the little things like that. But I'm trying to think like, like set up, we have fun with some of the par threes. Uh, there's one par four at the club that I like to move up a lot of times where it's a drivable hole. And I think that's a fun way to play a short par four where you can at least get it near the green, maybe have a putt for Eagle. Cause I mean, let's face it. I mean, how many times do amateurs have putts for Eagle? Probably not a lot. Right. And to have a chance to have a, you know, under 300 yard par four playing, I, I think that's a, it's a neat thing for them to get up there and go, wow, what do I do now all of a sudden? Do I lay up with a seven iron or do I hit the driver and get it up by the green and hopefully have a putt for Eagle. So those are some of the little things that I do. When it comes from majors, you know, the difference out here is that that I've noticed is that the rough is just so, so penal. It, you know, the pin placements are tough, but they're not brutal. Greens are a little bit faster out here. But for the most part, they set them up just kind of like the way we do, to be honest with you. That's, a, that's kind of cool to hear your perspective on that. And I love the idea that you, you talked a little bit about there, the drivable par four, because I think one of the cool things about golf, if you play the right set of tees, is that when you have a situation like that, you almost can feel like a tour player, like you can get it up near the green or, you, you know, you mentioned so affectionately that eagle putt, you know, you don't get many eagle putts in life and to have one of those and, and someone maybe is a 10 handicap, I, I bet that they really relish that moment and they kind of feel like they're on TV for a moment. So I, th- I think that's a great point. Being at a major championship run by the PGA of America, how good of a job are they doing of keeping all the players safe? Do you feel safe? What's that, what's that experience been like? Because I know a lot of the, the media has been asking questions about that, and I'm sure that a lot of your members and the people back here east are thinking about what the U.S. Open is going to be like in about a month. So how safe has the whole event been? No, it's, it's very safe. So what, what we did was uh, we did our test early on Sunday. It took us an hour and a half to get um, the results back for the negative result. And then when we got in there, you know, you go to your locker room, everything food-wise has been um, – you can get 
like an omelet, for instance, and they would put it in a cardboard box for you with, with utensils and everything that are in the plastic bag. And you go get your snacks, your drinks, and they hand it to you. They have gloves on, they have masks on, and we have to wear masks as well. When you sit down, you have your own little area to have your, um, your omelet or your lunch or whatever you're going to do. But um, they also have every night you can have stuff to take home if you wanted to back to the hotel. And everything here at the hotel, everybody's staying here. Um, so it's, it's, it feels safe that way. The other part that I can tell you is that the club manufacturers are not inside the bubble. So they have not been tested. So what they are doing is they are like a spectator. They have to be on the other side of the ropes. We have to tell them what we're looking for, what we need. They go to the truck. They get the product. They make it up. They bring it back to us. They can't hand it to us. They have to send it through like the ball tent where we pick up golf balls. They clean the, the club and then they hand it to us. So it really is a... Um, a big difference than normal life that we know uh, with this new COVID thing. But I think feeling safe, yeah, 100%. 100%. It sounds like they, they're just, you know, crossing all their T's and dotting their I's there, even with the equipment and the manufacturers. Yep. Um, and that's great to hear. You know what? I got to jump to a quick break here. Can you hold on for just a second? We got to let our sure. sponsors do their thing. All right. It's 3.15 p.m. here in New York. That makes it 12.15 p.m. for our friends out there at the 102nd PGA Championship in San Francisco. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920 of the Jersey. Be back in a moment with more from Jason Karen live from TPC Harding Park. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPGA section, is hosting its signature fundraising event, the NJGF Golf Classic, on Monday, August 10th at famed Baltus Roll Golf Club. The event will honor the heroic efforts of the healthcare workers across the state, with proceeds supporting the RWJ Barnabas Health Emergency Response Fund. Limited space is still available. Help honor the selfless heroes on the front lines. Visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's njgolffoundation.org for 732-465-1212. Springdale Golf Club is proudly celebrating 125 years of rich history in the heart of Princeton, New Jersey. With our walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn designed course, Springdale beautifully makes its mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Combined with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management, Springdale is further elevating our commitment to our members. Just last year, our members seasoned their game, teeing off on Troon managed courses in Texas, Arizona, and even as far as Hawaii and the UK. The benefits of being part of the Springdale family extends far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments happening at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. You know, every week on the pro show, we tell the best stories. As you can see, this week is no different. Jason and Liz Karen are a golf family and just wonderful ambassadors for the game. And while Wade plays our music, ponder this. If you love golf as much as they do, are you doing all you can to help others enjoy the game, too? Here comes the weekend. Volume up. We got more coming from Jason. The 
tenth hole at Harding Park this week is a par five, a scoring start to a difficult back nine and a major championship. That's where we find ourselves on the back nine of this week's show. And it's easy for everyone to think that your life and Liz's there at the club just all revolves around golf. But you do have a family of a couple of daughters. What do the Karens do that doesn't involve golf? You know, let's, I want to get to kind of get to know y'all a little bit here on Springdale Golf Live. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously summer, you know, it's funny someone mentioned something about what do you uh, what do you do on Mondays? And I said, well, Mondays is my day with the girls because we kind of start the day out with going to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning. We get the kids a donut and we kind of do stuff around the house. And then, uh, then it's pool time. We we're, we're fortunate enough to have a pool at the house that we own. So it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic to spend the time with the girls, but you know, we we're a family that, you know, I, I tell people that, Unfortunately, when there's a tournament in New Jersey, I don't go because I don't want to stay away from the kids. And I really love being a dad. I love being, you know, a husband. And, and it's just, uh, or it's just a lot of fun being able to be at home with them, enjoying our time together, watching the kids grow up. I mean, it's just, it's just a blast. So, um, you know, what else do we do? I'm trying to think, you know, there's not really, there's, there's always activities when you have little kids. So there's always soccer and then there's, um, the kids do some swimming and stuff, but, um, Caroline, we're fortunate enough that the club lets us bring Caroline to, to, uh, Liz's day camp. And when she has the day camp, she's there, I think Tuesday, I think she's there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and she has camp for like three hours. So she's, you know, let's say practicing her game. I don't know if I'd call it practice, but she's learning the game, which is good. Well, I, you know, I'm sure that Caroline and Julia enjoy all the time with dad on those Mondays. I, I know all about those Monday weekends for golf pros when we don't have a tournament or an outing, maybe at the club or something to play in. And, you know, I started thinking about this and, you know, if there was like a national professional couples tournament, uh, mm-hmm. you, you and Liz would be, would be pretty good contenders to be national champions. You know, I, I haven't done a ton of research outside of our area, but I started thinking about it and, you know, it kind of made me think, you know, every time when I have somebody on, I like to say like, you know, how'd you get into golf or, you know, who are some people that like, if you had a pivot moment in your life that, you know, maybe they were a mentor or a role model to you. But, you know, as you and Liz, you know, you, you try to work on your game, you're working on your family, you're working on your careers. Has there been other couples that you all know that are good players as well that maybe you've looked towards as mentors or role models? When it comes to the, you know, golfing itself, maybe not so much, but um, the Kessners, Daryl and Margie Kessner at Deepdale, you know, when we first got uh, the job, we reached out to them and, you know, you know, we went over to see how their golf shop is run and Margie obviously does a phenomenal job over there. And Daryl's a great player, a great teacher. In fact, I, I, I played some holes just before I got out here, just so Daryl can help me with a little bit of my putting. They've always been somebody that we kind of look up to if we have any questions, uh, but we're fortunate. We're very fortunate to have Sean Quinn living at Piping Rock and his wife, Heather, who works actually for me. She does a lot of my bookwork stuff. So we have them to kind of rely on as well. And uh, we have other friends in the area. But, you know, I would say when it comes to golf itself, the whole entire package, yeah. I mean, we, we pretty much talk to the Quinn Levins and, and the Kessons for sure. 
That sounds like you have a nice little um, networking group over there for you guys to have some fun on, over there uh, near the North Shore yes. of Long Island, which I think is great. Back to the PGA Championship for a second. You're out there competing against the best in the world. How do you prepare for something like that for what for let's go the last couple of weeks here at, you know, back on Long Island, when you're getting your game ready, you know, you know, you've already talked about how brutal the rough is going to be green speeds and things. Well, I'm sure at Mill River, the course is in great shape right now, probably doesn't have the rough, but um, what do you do leading up to a, a big event like this to try to perform your best? You know, again, this year's a little different. Um, you know, at the club, we, we were thinking, our golf committee thought that, you know, we're going to do only board events. And then as things got a little better, like everybody else knows, um, everything changed by the hour almost. So we had to look at um, other events that we were having usually on the calendar and they became on the calendar all of a sudden. So we had to fast forward, put in a lot of time. We had some member guests, some member, member events, um, some one day little things. So all of a sudden now, what I thought would have been a little bit better for me to prepare to get ready to be out here became more working. So the only way that I really prepared really is just to try to play as much as I could. I don't get that much time to go spend on the range. If I do, it's like a half hour here, half hour there. But uh, this year it's been a challenge. It really has. And, and also on top of that, we haven't had one event on the Met section. So that doesn't help that I don't have any reps playing in some events. Um, unfortunately, everything got pushed back later. We did have a one-day event that in the Met section. They did have a one-day event, but it was on a Monday. And Mondays are my day with my girls. So um, I opted just, you know, to not play. I just always hang out with the kids. So, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of the way you, you, you kind of prepare. You play in some events. You kind of get your game ready. You kind of see what you need to work on. If your schedule is normal, you, you know ahead of time. This year, we didn't know. Everything just happened like you snap your fingers and next thing you know, we got, you know, this on the calendar, this on the calendar. Then it's like, okay, how do we get everybody signed up for these events if it's in two weeks? I mean, usually you need, as you know, three or four weeks. You got to get the, the, you know, the sign-up sheets up. You got to, you know, make sure you're touching all aspects of the tournament and finding out who's going to do this, 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 and this. And next thing you know it, you know, two weeks later we have an event. So everything just kind of went fast forward. As we say, it went, 100, it went from zero to 100 really quick. So, yeah. unfortunately, my, my preparation wasn't quite, as, quite the way I wanted to, but you know what? I still take it. I'm out here, and my game feels pretty good. So, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, I could hear it in your voice. There's a, there's a calm confidence there. So I think you're going to do quite well. You know, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Now, there's one thing I know you're going to do great at, and that's a tradition that we do each week on Springdale Golf Live, and that's a little rapid-fire Q&A. And my audience just loves this because they get to know my guests on a little bit more of a personal level. So this will definitely be easier than the rough this week. So here we go. Uh, least favorite chore to do around the house? Least favorite chore? Probably my laundry. On a scale of one to 10, rate how cool you are. How cool am I? Yes. Not very. <laughs> All right. Best date you ever had with Liz? Oh, uh, there's been so many. Uh, you know, we've had, a, we've had some great, great days. Um, she's sweet in Napa. I'll say Napa Valley. Uh, oh, that sounds, that sounds nice. Close yep. to where you are right now. Yes. Uh, we've been right. fortunate to be out here a few times, so we've always had a great time out here. Along those lines, if you could take your family anywhere on a non-golf trip, anywhere in the world, where would you go? That's easy. Disney. 
I like that. Would you rather have dinner with Larry Bird or Bobby Orr? Well, I'm very fortunate enough to uh, know Bobby Orr pretty well. So um, that's going to be a tough one. I don't know Larry Bird, but as a kid, he was obviously, I get to watch him play. Unfortunately, Bobby Orr, I didn't. Um, but Bobby's a phenomenal guy, so I'm still going to stick with Bobby Orr. Um, since you know Bobby Orr, how about Tom Brady or Larry Bird? Uh, probably Larry Bird. If you could take Liz to one concert, which would it be? Uh, we like Dave Matthews. Favorite activity with your girls besides donuts? <laughs> uh, besides donuts. Ooh. Um, hmm, they love the Disney Channel, which is pretty cool. So we watch, we watch a lot of stuff on Disney with them, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I love some Walt Disney, so I'm right with you there as a dad. All right, one last one. Describe this week in one word. Tough. You know what, Jason, you've been anything but tough. In fact, you've been great for my listeners. I hope you have a really successful week and you reach your goals all the way through and make it to Sunday. Thanks for being with Springdale Golf Live. Can't thank you enough for your time on such a busy week. You got it. No problem. Well, now, Wade, that was pretty cool to talk to a guy who's playing in the first major championship in over a year. But you know what else is pretty cool are our sponsors and supporters. Let's thank them right now. How about TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation? How about those folks over at B-Dratty, Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, EP New York? We know them all as Summit Golf Brands and F.H. Wadsworth. Of course, I got to thank you, Wade, on the board, Mr. Wade Weezer. Got to love those Springdale Board of Governors for all their support and for everything that Truon does over at Springdale. Thank you to you, too. Most importantly, thanks to my listeners. Keep tuning in, and we'll keep coming up with great stories for you. Well, you know what I'm doing, folks. I'm heading over to Springdale. But where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from Central Park to Harding Park, and, of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. This has been Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the tee next Friday afternoon at 3, right here on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.